and today we kick it off with uh, Stefan Lingler from Spock. So Stefan is a CTO at, at Spock. Uh, Spock is a second-hand marketplace uh, 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 app where you can sell stuff. And yeah, let's jump right in. Um, so Stefan, tell us a little bit like how it started. When did you start to work at Spock and, Spock and um, what was your first role there? Mm -hmm. Right, so I actually did not start at Spock. I st started at uh, the Findly um, company, um, which just launched Spock uh, okay. in 2012. And I uh, started uh, right three months before we launched that. And um, I was hired as a web developer. Mm -hmm. uh, my contract still reads web developer. Uh, but of course, you can imagine in the meantime, uh, my role uh, has been uh, defined, redefined a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was there from the beginning. There from the beginning. And then you were focusing on the backend uh, side of things. Um, why backend? So um, we have been uh, two developers, uh, Nem and I. Um, and the question was, uh, we have to do a mobile app. So somebody has to take the, the role of doing the mobile um, developing. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't throw a coin or so, but it, it was basically like we, we all could do it. So who is, who is going to take that part? And then uh, decided for mobile and I was fine with backend since this was my, my experience, uh, my knowledge anyway from before um, already. And um, today, um, how many people do you have in your uh, backend team? How is it structured? Yeah, so we have uh, 11 uh, people in my team, okay. uh, including me. I always want to be part of that. Okay. And uh, beginning of this year, we um, split uh, into two divisions. Um, so there's now two team leads uh, who grow into that position. So did, we did not just hire uh, team leads, we, we uh, um, sourced from the team. And those teams are now having clear responsibilities, um, what to do and on which projects to, to work. This was important to, to also be able to scale um, the team and, uh, and deliver the same uh, quality as, as before in a smaller team. And, and the team splits, um, can you explain it a little bit? Is it, did you split teams because I think you have a backend and you communicate with the API, with other services and so on and so forth, but you probably also have like internal APIs, maybe for IT operations yeah. whatsoever. So is it like this kind of split or is it different? So we, we never want to disconnect uh, any developer from our main product. So this okay. is this is one um, challenge, or one one criteria. Um, uh, and um, but as you said, we have uh, uh, we have the marketing team, uh, we have the support team, uh, we have uh, revenue team, we have the product team, which has alone two dependencies on the backend team. So there's uh, it's it's quite easy to distribute the load uh, and uh, accountabilities. Um, across those two teams so that they're not, uh, they're not uh, disconnected from, from the product. And there's one part that is shared by the whole team, which is uh, taking care of our API, of our code base. This is not something uh, one team does. It's, it's something uh, that falls into the responsibility of the whole team. Okay. So are there also then uh, some cross-team meetings or how do you organize? Your it's team? funny that you use that term because we thought we invented that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it's the CTMs yeah. that we do uh, whenever you, uh, whenever somebody has a feeling of, uh, okay, it's not clear now what we should do. Uh, the briefing is maybe incorrect or um, some, some estimation from a developer is missing. Then we literally ask uh, people from different teams. So for example, somebody from product, somebody from BI, 
somebody from the backend or somebody from the app teams um, to, to get together in a room and have a five to ten minutes um, cross-team meeting to, to align on that question. Because mm -hmm. otherwise you end up in a, in, in a misalignment uh, that is clarified maybe a week later and, and we definitely want to avoid that. Okay. And, and the, the distance between um, the, the, uh, the, the developer team and product team uh, is 15 to 17 meters. So we, okay. we learned in, from the beginning that it's super important to, to have a clear and easygoing communication. And this is what supports that. Cool. Um, so from, from the theory, like uh, you have teams, you have processes, you have your tools. Um, outlined. Um, let's go into the day-to-day -day business because uh, sometimes in the day-to-day -day business it's different. Mm -hmm. And in the day-to-day -day business is like we need this now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how is the process? How do you deal with that? How do you prioritize? How mm -hmm. does it work? Okay. So each each team has their own show fix meetings, um, which happen with with our management. Um, and as soon as things are getting more concrete, uh, they are shared with depending teams. So in overall, we have an OKR process, so objectives and key results. We, t we took this from Google. Um, uh, so to, to make the process and the roadmap transparent to all team members. Um, uh, so this already gives a slight idea about what, what is the direction where we are going. And then uh, when things get, get concrete, um, uh, uh, we... We, we get together the teams in kickoff meetings. Uh, already before that, we shared feature definitions. So the people start to identify with, with the next roadmap uh, steps uh, pretty early. And we don't have too many discussions uh, on, on things that we discussed already. And when things change, so when priorities are changed, um, then this is also, um, this is also easier if, if um, people already knew what was the roadmap, what was the priority, and why things have changed. Without a reasoning, um, there shouldn't be any priority change, and everybody yeah. should be able to understand the reasoning. And in reality, is it that way, or is there sometimes... I mean, of yeah. course, you have to be agile, because you have sometimes there is something where you yeah. have to, to act immediately. But yeah. So, uh, of course, it's hard. Yeah. So, especially on things that, on, that you don't change in your planning, but yeah. that just happen on the market. Yeah. Or if some uh, some users behave not that nicely and mm -hmm. and and destroy the, the experience for 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 good users, uh, this is this is always hard. But yeah. um, I personally I ask myself deep in my heart, what what would be the the right thing to do for the user, and then usually the answer is pretty clear. Okay, okay. So basically, uh, user-centered approach and. The OKRs, you also establish some kind of like ownership, not just assigning tasks, but really yeah. everybody's on board with the goals and is aligned towards the goals. Exactly. So another question in, in backend engineering is, I think you, of course, always want to, to build it perfect. Uh, you want to have the clean, test-driven development, maybe. Or um, how do you keep balance between, let's say... Code, code poetry and technical depth, you know, mm -hmm. like doing it perfect, perfect, and... and yeah, so, um, uh, of course, we are focused on growth. Uh, still, since the beginning, this was always growth. Um, uh, this means uh, you don't care that much about uh, code quality or reusability of code, uh, but uh, as soon as a team growth, uh, grows, um, you need to do this. You need to introduce that to your process. 
And an example for this is um, uh, the 10 day release um, cycle for uh, um, our app. It includes um, one and a half uh, days, which can be dedicated to cleanup. Of okay. course, in one and a half days, you cannot refactor an old class. This does not work. Uh, but you can at least uh, prevent that you build up a legacy or dependency on such old code. And um, usually, um, um, talking about uh, bigger, bigger refactorings, they happen then uh, maybe in one, so we dedicate one uh, release cycle for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, on the go, so during, during the day or during the weeks, uh, we try to do those, or we're doing this um, bi-weekly tech talks internally mm -hmm. where people, senior people, but also people who just got exposed to a new topic, present how they did it. Um, so that every developer is able to apply that strategy uh, in his next feature. So that oh, we, that's, yeah. that's good. That's good. So you already touched a little bit um, uh, the topic uh, scalability. I think uh, Spock has now 10 million active users a month, mm -hmm. if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. um, so what's your take on scaling? Like, if if people are building apps and and they prepare. For, for, for growth, mm -hmm. um, when is it the time to think about scaling from, from your opinion and from your learnings? Mm -hmm. um, when would you suggest to start thinking about that? So since we started um, um, with, with small infrastructure that we took over from the previous project um, mm -hmm. that we then um, uh, terminated, um, we had already some kind of base, but this was not like very structured or well-defined for, for, for the needs. Um, what we've learned from the previous project, it doesn't make sense to create a concept that will save you in two years. Because in two years, maybe the requirement will be completely different. So it's better to, to, uh, to stay open for adjustments and, and adjust for the need that you have now or maybe in the next uh, months. Okay. So we always scaled for peak. Um, so we knew we were going to have uh, TV commercials um, and we assumed this will bring in this and that uh, traffic to our service and then we prepared with benchmarks um, uh, and confirmed with benchmarks um, whether we could take that and then we had a TV commercial and then we saw it worked or it did not work and adjusted um, so it's a bit of um, uh, aligning adjusting on the go and uh, on bigger questions like uh, what what uh, database to use for a specific uh, feature or so, um, we take everybody into the discussion. So now that could be that the 10, 15 people discussing on the topic um, to not, to not um, have a biased decision in the end on yeah. one technology. Yeah. MySQL was one thing like that. We, we thought that's great because it's structured and it's not like MongoDB. Um, we should take that for all the structured data. Yeah. And um, we, We, we had a party when we got rid of it because it was very unstable and, and not for our purposes. Uh, okay, cool. Um, talking about growth, um, also from another standpoint, you, you started in Austria and then you rolled out in different countries. Mm -hmm. um, but also the company grew and I think in 2015 uh, uh, a majority of the company was acquired uh, by a media company mm -hmm. called... Uh, Shipstead, mm -hmm. um, I would be interested in what did change in the company and what did change for your role when this happened? How mm -hmm. was this? Mm -hmm. So, um, 
There was there two sides to this. First, we, we knew that we need needed support, um, uh, basically financial support. Um, so we were looking for for um, uh, VCs, uh, but then we also noticed it, it's not only money that we need. We also need competence, uh, and Shipset is a huge uh, and established uh, media house uh, with lots of different platforms. Uh, and we also saw that, that we could be a perfect uh, addition into their portfolio. Um, uh, and we, didn't we did not worry that much about what uh, it would change for the team, because back then uh, the team was still, um, um, I would say, what was it, 50 to 60 people? I'm not so, I can't remember that good anymore. But it, it, it was, uh, so we, we had a, a big identification with the product and the team, um, which could not have been... Uh, um, uh, unbalanced or so by by, uh, by, by any by any um, acquisition. Uh, what was clear to us, um, we wanted to always keep control over our product. It would not have worked uh, if, for example, a product or um, uh, or the roadmap would have been taken by somebody else. Cool. Cool. And what what are then the next? steps for Spock, so what's in the pipeline, any, any exciting stuff you can share or...? Um, since we are in, in full growth uh, phase, it's, yeah. it's a bit difficult uh, to, to be very open on that. Yeah. I, think, I think also it, it would take quite some uh, surprise and excitement for the user uh, if they would already know what we're going to release in a couple of months. Uh, but for so, but sure, there is something in the pipeline. Of course, <laughs> of course. So okay. uh, we, we we always had in the beginning a very strong focus on on the user and on their needs, and this will this will continue, and we will strengthen that again, mm -hmm. uh, so that that we that we um, fulfill uh, their request for innovation and and for freshness. Mm -hmm. So and whatever exactly this will be, this this will people will will read in release notes and in in all the press yeah, announcements. Okay. Perfect. So. Um, another thing is uh, maintenance. Like, what are the or what are the key principles that you apply or that you have learned to mitigate downtime? So mm -hmm. to really have no downtime, because I think this is the worst case scenario if you have to update something and you have to to make the app unavailable. Yes. So, can you elaborate yeah. a little bit about that? So. There was a particular case where we had to actively take down our service okay. that didn't feel good at all. Uh, and this was because of a MongoDB upgrade that we had to do. Um, and uh, the nature of that upgrade required that. Um, uh, and it, it was a fun team event because we, we, we met in the office at 3.45 in the morning. We had a clear structure on how to do this. I, I, do this. Um, I think I was the moderator, uh, so I took care that communication worked uh, well. Uh, and we were running through that, um, but in fact, we, our our aim is to avoid that completely. So if we if we need to migrate uh, data or services or whatever into mm -hmm. something new, we always strive for um, no downtime migration, mm -hmm. and that works. Uh, so um, uh, you can have shadow deployments in the in the in the background. Um, you can uh, deploy code that is already preparing stuff. And slowly migrating, and then you can um, uh, kick off a, a migration process that that makes sure everything is all actually migrated, and then it's more or less um, uh, a matter of a switch. And uh, this takes some effort um, that we have to take, but uh, you know, no user would would say, "Ah, great, they're doing maintenance for us." 
they're not interested in such things. And that's, yeah. that's actually fine. I'm also a user, and I, I yeah. would like to see the service up and running every time. Um, what's the, the hiring process at Spock? What, what are you looking for when you look for a, a back-end engineer? What mm -hmm. qualities are you looking for? So one, one big thing that, that has to work out is uh, the cultural fit. I think this, this we, we can hear in all over the place, but this is really important for us. Um, because we, we have to work together then on a daily basis. And um, if we have to align every day, every week uh, on certain things, it, it doesn't work. Uh, second, uh, expectations. It's not only company expectations, but also the expectations of, the, of an applicant. Um, we feel the responsibility to um, fulfill those expectations. Like, I would like to develop my skills. I would like to grow. I would like to get a team lead. Um, and the earlier we exchange on this, the, the better it will work out. So this is one part. The other part is, of course, uh, the skill set. Um, I think the important, most important criteria is that people are eager to learn. I remember that, that phrase from my own uh, application mm -hmm. at the company. Kati Klausberger, the co-founder, used exactly that words. And I think this is the most important. If you are a developer and you have, a, uh, you are a developer in, in your heart, uh, you, you, can, you can grow into every position. Now, of course, there are some, some hard skills that you would have to find. Uh, to have, um, there, there should be some experience uh, with uh, API development, um, a clear understanding of, um, um, of, of how, how to um, uh, split responsibilities and, uh, in domains, um, and, uh, and, and also uh, the, the, the wish to have fun at work. Because fun is what actually co is compensating all the the pain times. Interesting. So one one last question is uh, about diversity, because diversity right now it's a big topic in the tech industry. We hear a lot about it, and I remember I think I don't know um, that Spock um, was one of the companies I think you hired from the, the refugees. Yes. Uh, Codes uh, one applic uh, or. Yeah. Somebody who went through the program, and I think he yes. got actually a job uh, at exactly, Spock. exactly. That's uh, true. How, how how was it? And like, so uh, Stefan Steinberger from uh, Refugees Code mm -hmm. um, uh, got to know us uh, at some conference. He saw, I think, also Kati Klausberger talking, or maybe Amin mm -hmm. uh, talking, and he thought he, he must somehow connect with us. And uh, the, the whole program um, on their side was uh, in a development stage back then. Uh, but we committed to do something together. And the first thing we did was uh, uh, like a coding workshop. Uh, we had uh, people uh, from their course, uh, from uh, so attendees of, of their course and their program uh, in our office uh, on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon or so. And we, we did basic uh, programming, uh, an Android application. Uh, it was called Color Fun, and it was, it was more than just Color Fun. And... Uh, and uh, we also were able then to hire somebody. And this was uh, very important, of course, also for, for their program. Yeah. And diversity in, in general um, uh, is, is something that already also happened already before that. Uh, so we have like 30 different nationalities um, in the company. Um, it's super, uh, a super big effort to get people uh, a work permit in, uh, in Austria. Unfortunately, yeah. at the moment, this is not getting better. <laughs> yeah. So we knew it was like one and a half months. Now it's getting into four months. Mm. Um, so it would be great to yeah. see some movement yeah, here. Definitely. Um, uh, and 
fast it's a fast it's always a benefit it takes a bit more effort to to align on different methodologies um, uh, but uh, diversity for me is always key so it wins definitely always over structure okay cool thank you very much so any questions from the audience Uh, <laughs> depths or spaces? Depths or spaces? It's uh, <laughs> an interesting question. Um, uh, as I just talked about diversity, I don't care. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah, over there. Any developments in payment from Spark? Yeah. So uh, apart from the App Store and the in-app purchase payments, because I think yeah. this is easy to, to do, um, we actually do payment. Uh, we uh, allow payment uh, through PayPal. Uh, currently, you can do this in Austria, in the UK, and in Germany. And we are about to roll this out also to other countries. And uh, as a seller, it's very easy to onboard. Um, and as a buyer, we noticed that buyers have big interest in, in doing PayPal payments. Yeah. And the, the cool thing is uh, we were uh, allowed to participate, or we were selected to participate in a PayPal beta um, program where they established their own marketplace product. Um, and we developed this together with them. Great. Thanks. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, uh, okay. It's so weird to, to listen myself. <laughs> so uh, the question is, uh, what is working hour in your company? Like, uh, do you have flexible? I'm f I mean, for developers, they, are they coming at 9 a.m. and leave at 5 p.m. or they are working from home no. or, you know? So I was in the office today at um, 7.15. Um, that was a bit of an exception. Usually I'm there at 10 or 9.55 or 9.45. Um, I saw some developers already there, some join later at 10. So this is basically uh, quite flexible. Um, we, we try, for, uh, especially for those developers who also attend meetings, to find you know, a time during the day where those meetings can happen. Um, uh, um, working from home uh, is not explicitly something that we would uh, force or um, um, empower. Uh, because we noticed that, um, that speed actually is, is affected by that. But on the other side, so, uh, you know, all those appointments that you have to, to attend at, I don't know, uh, doing some bank uh, contact or bank appointment or so, those things don't work out in the evening. So we are very flexible. It's more like a giving and taking uh, approach in this. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. My last one. Hi. Uh, hello. Um, I have a question jumping back uh, to the diversity. Um, uh, how open are you on the gender diversity? I mean, are there are not Please so apply. many women in... Please apply. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I already have a job as a developer, but um, I heard that some companies are not so open to um, hire women. I don't know why, but um, how yeah. open are you? Yeah. So we have uh, not too many um, uh, women in, the, in our development team, which I think is a pity. And I don't see a reason for that, um, why, why we should not allow this. Uh, we have uh, one uh, iOS developer. Or, uh, uh, we have uh, in the QA team, uh, we have also people. Um, I would consider them also as developers. And uh, I would love to see somebody in the backend team um, enriching 
enriching our um, decision-making and uh, development process. Okay, so thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us here. Um, thanks, everyone. Big round of applause for Stefan.